Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. So, we need vision. Where there's no prophetic vision, where there's no prophetic revelation, the people languish. They cast off restraint. They find themselves otherwise occupied. And so I was asking the Lord this week, um, Lord, prepare the people, but where are you taking us? You know, we've been on this journey for about six years. Some of us have been here the whole journey. Some, Some have joined along the way. And we've we've birthed a lot of things over the last year or so uh things that that uh joy and i have had vision for for a long time the the healing rooms that that was a a huge one and prophetic teams and and now we we launched a a Joseph Daniel group for people in the marketplace to support each other and pray for the kingdom to come in the place where God's called people who are in the marketplace. And, you know, we've, we've seen a, a lot of healing. We've seen a lot of deliverance. We've, we've been doing these encounter weekends for, uh, man, uh, three years almost. And... Uh, God, God has done a lot. He's brought us a, a long way. But we need, we need vision for where he's still taking us. And he, uh, he took me to a, a couple places. Revelation 19 being the most important, I think. So Revelation 19, starting in verse 6. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted to her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints." And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words 
of God. And part of that is really important. As we grow and move forward in this life of following Jesus, there is our part and there's his part. His part is the biggest and most difficult. Our part is not so big. It is saying yes and obeying what he says. But he is taking us somewhere, and and this is where, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And what it said at the end of verse 7, the bride has made herself ready. And, and the bride are those of us who've surrendered and given our lives to Jesus. Like we celebrated with Charlie today. I'm glad it wasn't only a funeral, Charlie. (laughs) But that's really what it represented. Uh, A dying and a rising again to a new life as a new creature, a new creation. And we're told that he who began a good work in us and that is God, will bring it to completion to the day of Christ Jesus. In other words, God is big enough, strong enough, powerful enough, sneaky enough, loving enough, to have complete confidence that that he's going to have his work completed in us. And and we know looking back those of us who have been in this life for for years there there is an element of sneakiness sometimes. There are elements of power sometimes. There there are always elements of love. And and we we need to consider that the God who said that he would do this, the God who began this, he has a lot more to lose than we do if he doesn't do it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, his, his whole reputation as God is, is hinging on this. On, on getting us to the end. And, and he said he will do it. 
So, there's a passage in Hebrews, I think, in chapter 4, where the writer of Hebrews, I, I think that's Paul, but not everybody agrees. The writer of Hebrews talks about this rest that remains for the people of God and how we are to work to enter that rest. But we can enter that rest much more easily when we recognize that God is, he, he has committed himself to, to take us somewhere. And not that much of it hinges on us. He's, he's that big. He's that powerful. He's that smart. Because he, he so values our choice to love him back. He so values our choice to obey him. He so values our, our choice to be his that he doesn't violate it. And it, it takes someone incredibly smart to be able to get us weak human beings with lots of tendencies to move away from God, to take people like that and say, I'm taking you here. And I will complete it. But that's what he has said. And when, when we can rest in that, then we've, we've gotten somewhere. Uh, someone last week shared with me uh, kind of a, I don't know if it was a, a vision or, or what exactly, uh, but they saw kind of a picture and had some understanding during worship last week, and it related to the floods in Colorado. And, and we understand that the natural precedes the spiritual. That God was showing us a picture of how the roads kind of represented man's ways to God, like religion, that we don't think too highly of around here. And the rivers represented God and his ways. And he was about to, in, in the spirit, as he just did in the natural, just demolish those man-made highways that we thought we could use to get to him. And he was going to replace them with 
rivers. Yeah. Because those rivers are, they're going right to him. And you, you navigate a river much more, much differently than you do a road. If you've ever done both. You're in control on a highway. You decide how fast you're going to go what lane you're going to be in, when you're going to stop, when you're going to merge back into traffic. You don't do that on a river, especially a raging river. You, you go with the flow <laughs> or you're really frustrated. What if that is what God is about to do? I, you know, some of the message that I gave last week spoke to that exact issue. How God is going to have his church back. Because a lot of people have tried to take it back, take it from him and control it. God is, is doing something different. Now, something about um, the ways of God that are beyond figuring out. I, I've seen a few cases with, with the Lord where healing was involved. Where I saw a person who I would say in the natural, you know, God, that is not somebody I would heal if I were you. <laughs> because if if any of healing deals with being deserving, uh, there just isn't any right there, right now. And I'm coming to understand how vastly differently God views that than I do or we do, I think. I, I think I can bring you on the boat with me in that one, probably. Because it's almost getting to the point where if, if someone comes for healing and we're on a mission trip or wherever we are, and I in the natural would say, You know, there isn't any deserving there. I, I now could say, or probably would say, God's going to heal that person. Because God is, is doing something. He, he loves to show 
the person. And he's not just showing that person, he's showing all of us. He loves to show us that our deservability has nothing to do with his goodness and and his healing. And he he just loves to show the depth of his grace and his mercy and, and his goodness and love toward human beings. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm really glad he's like that. Even though it may frustrate me sometimes. When I see people who, I, in, in my human naturalness, would, would say are, are much more deserving of healing, and, and it doesn't happen just right then. Uh, and you know I I think we're all working with with that uh, because the the healing of God is it we can't control it it's it's like a river at, at flood stage you might want it to stay in its channel or you might want it to go over here but it's going to go where it wants to go and isn't it good that the mercy of God doesn't depend on our deserving it Because I, I think God is, is, is killing some of that mindset within us. Because this, this whole thing about the kingdom of God, it's, it's about someone who came from heaven to become human, to die an unthinkable death, for us and and he's still ruling as a human in heaven although he's gotten beyond death but he's created this kingdom where now for us as humans we can get what we don't deserve And, and we can avoid what we do deserve. Every day. Because his mercies are new every day. And what, what we've got to stop doing is we, we've got to stop letting the enemy steal our today with anxiety about tomorrow. Because every day 
we receive grace for today. But we don't receive the grace for tomorrow today. Because we're not supposed to worry about it today. So, if you find yourself being anxious about something that's tomorrow or even farther out in the future, don't let your mind go there. Instead, receive the grace for today. Because there, there's some wacky things that happen in our mind and our body if, if we let ourselves get into anxiety about the future. As our, our mind can convince our body and I don't know exactly how this works, but I'm, I'm told that it, it actually does work this way. That if we're worrying about something that's in the future, our mind actually convinces our body that it's happened. And we begin to act as though it is truth. Because there... There, there isn't grace for it for today because we're not supposed to be worried about it today because it can't happen today. It's in the future. And there's, there's something similar there. Maybe there's something for us to learn in, in this idea about how God doles out healing and the idea of worrying about tomorrow. I, I'm, I'm still chewing on this, so I, I don't have all the answers. But I think sometimes when, when God heals people, he just has to show them today that he's good and that he's for them, or otherwise they may just not ever get it. They, they may totally give up. Where sometimes those of us who are more deserving, maybe, in a religious sense, I'm saying, some of us who have more history with God, we have more obedience to God in our backpacks, more uh, knowledge of, of God in, in our hearts. It, it may be that he is, is actually wanting to reveal more of himself to us in, in the suffering than he could without it. 
And again, some of these spiritual truths are, are deeper. There's, there's levels of truth. And, and sometimes as we dig deep, we, we get to stuff that just doesn't make sense. And it, it shows that our mind needs more renewal. And, and those things confront us with, with our need for more renewal in, in our thinking. It's, it's like baptism. Uh, I, I truly believe that there are deeper spiritual truths that happen in a person's life than, than what we know when we see it happen. And, and we understand that there is spiritual reality that's unseen that's, that's around us. And, and we, we don't have a real deep grasp of all that's going on in that unseen realm. But, but we know that it's there. It's, it's like when, when you, you drive by a dead skunk on the road, but he was in the grass so you didn't see him, and you know he was there. You, <laughs> but you didn't see anything. But, but the evidence is plain. Unless you're really blessed and you're someone like me, who I'm challenged physically in the area of smelling skunks. And unless it is really bad, I can't smell it. And I, I think this is headed toward a spiritual truth, eventually. But, so sometimes my, my family will say, oh, that was horrible. And I'll, what? <laughs> you didn't smell that skunk? What skunk? And... It can be this way in the spirit. Did you feel what God was doing today? Did you, did you sense the presence of God today? And some might say, what? Well, I don't want to be challenged in, in the area of my spiritual senses. I, I want them to be stronger, to grow stronger. I, I want to, as a follower of Jesus, I, I want to go deeper in my understanding of what he is doing not so much the whys and the why nots 
of, of what he's doing and not doing. But I, I want to, as I go, I, I want to have a better understanding of him and, and when he is doing something. And, man, I haven't even gotten to the second scripture <laughs> on, <laughs> on where God is taking us. Uh, but I guess I'm back to, <laughs> back to where I started at, at this point. So... Because I was asking God, where, where are you taking us? And the other passage that he gave me, uh, we'll, we'll get to in a minute. But I, I think um, I have had some sort of mistaken ideas of the signs of our progress in moving along the journey of, of where God is taking us. And I think when we look at this second passage, we, we will see maybe something a little different as evidence of progress in our journey than maybe some of us think. Okay? Because I, you know, I, I kind of thought that Maybe, maybe I had kind of a Corinthian church mentality of spiritual progress. That the more we've had the gifts of the Spirit happening, operating, flowing, that that, that was evidence of our moving along progressively on our journey to where God's taking us. And I, I think what I found in, in this second passage that we're going to look at, and I'm not telling you because I don't want you to be turning there while I'm speaking about this. <laughs> we will eventually get there. The gifts of the Spirit are not a very good indicator of our spiritual progress. Okay? They, they may be a, a pretty decent indicator of... Um, oh, I lost the word... Uh, they, they, they are probably a, a better indicator of our 
willingness to be used by God, then they are an indicator of our movement toward maturity. How does that sound? Because we, I mean, we, we can take someone who just got saved and they can pray for people and they can be healed. And, and that's great. And, and I love that. And, and we, we, we definitely want, want to see that. But that's not a real indicator of our progress toward where God is taking us. Because where God is taking us, again, going back to Revelation 19, is a bride who has made herself ready. And I believe Ephesians chapter 4 has something to say about what that looks like and how that happens. Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 11, and he, that is Jesus, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together, by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So, Jesus gave gifts to the church. Apostles, and these gifts are, are the offices of the church. And if, if you've read the book that we've had available for some time, and we, we still have some more, if anybody wants to get a copy and, and did not, of uh, The Culture of Honor, it, it talks a little bit about the problem that the church in America has had in that we have elevated the gift of teacher 
particularly pastor-teacher, uh, to the place where it, it is really the only one that many churches recognize. But we, we still need the apostle. We, we need those who are sent by God and particularly gifted to be apostles, to establish new things, new works, to set things in order, to have the vision of heaven and wanting to see heaven, things on earth as they are in heaven. We need that. And we need the prophets. We need those who operate in the revelatory gifts with such a maturity that they are in the office of an apostle. And these are different than the gifts of the Spirit that work in everybody. These are, are particular anointings that God gives to particular people for the equipping of the saints. And apostles and prophets are, are listed first because they actually help equip the other equippers. If, if we have a pastor slash teacher who's, who's not being spoken into by apostolic and, and prophetic people in those offices, then they are going to lack something. And the church is going to lack something. And then the evangelists, those, those who are fire starters or those who pour gas on small fires and see them get bigger. Generally guys who travel around a lot and have that fire increasing ministry and then they leave things to be cleaned up and pastored <laughs> by the pastors and, and the teachers. But we need all five of those offices working together. And in a church this size, you know, we, we probably don't have them all. So we need to bring in people who speak from apostolic offices sometimes, people who speak from evangelist offices and, and prophet offices sometime to encourage us and help us mature and grow in the operation of those gifts of the Spirit. But the, the role of those gifts, again, is to see the body of Christ come to maturity 
to see a bride who has made herself ready. And what I wanted to really focus on here was the part of this that kind of shows the true evidence that we are getting somewhere along this progression. The first thing is we're not tossed to and fro by the waves of, of every doctrine. We're, if we're making progress, we're, we're not double-minded. We're clear about who God is and who we are. We have come to understand some of the truth that's in the Word so that we can judge things for ourselves. And, and we're not carried away by every new teaching or book or CD that comes out. Because we're, we're going somewhere and we're going there together. That's the other thing about the progress is we, we can't make very much progress on this journey as an individual. Because God just did not design this thing, the church and the Christian life to, to work that way. We, we need to be part of a body. And what happens in that body as, as we grow? Well, we learn to speak the truth in love to each other. When, when you're offended by a person, do, do you have the spiritual maturity to go to that person and that person only and fix it? If, if so then we're making some progress. So we can, we can speak that truth in love. We can go and not accuse and be all angry and judgmental. But we can say, you know, when this happened, it made me feel like this. And... I just don't want there to be anything between us. So can I just tell you that I love you? And let's just forget this thing. That, that'd be really good. That would be progress. We grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ.
A bride who has made herself ready has received the character of Jesus. And an ability to put others before ourselves like he did. A willingness to serve others as he did. A desire for the best for each other because that's his desire. And a willingness to help others get there. Removing the plank from our own eye and not worrying so much about the speck in somebody else's eye. Although, recognize that we all have blind spots. And there may be times that God shows you somebody else's blind spot. It may be that he doesn't want you to tell them about it immediately. It may be that he just wants you to pray. That they would allow him, God, to show them their blind spot. And if it finally gets to a place where he wants you to do it, you will know. Because you will have exhausted every other possibility. And the Lord will then say, Okay, I think you better tell them. <laughs> From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. That speaks to me of the relationships in, in the body. See, the joints are where two parts come together and they are connected. If they're not connected, we, have, we don't have a joint, we have a problem. But every joint supplies something in this thing. And we, we are to have relationship with each other. My, my prayer for the women this weekend is that uh, all of you who came back, you would come back with deeper community than you left with. And I believe that happened. And then that last part is, is kind of... You might think I'm preaching now. When each part is working properly... Okay, so we, we have a problem when people are not serving in some way in, in the body. 
We, we know Jesus gave this great example after the Last Supper when he washed the disciples' feet. And he, he lowered himself to the, the lowest place of, of the household. That was only the lowest servant did that. You, you knew where you were at on the pecking order in the household if you washed the feet of the people who came in the house. You were at the bottom. There wasn't anybody lower. But Jesus said something after he gave that example. He, he said, you, you have seen what I've done. Now you will be blessed if you do it. There, there is a blessing in the serving that happens. And I, I love God's economy because uh, Jordan and I know the, the primary economic consideration in Western economics is scarcity. There isn't enough to do what everybody wants. But... That's why the kingdom of God economy is so far superior. The more you give, the more you get. The more you bless, the more you are blessed. And as we serve one another in the body, the one who's serving is blessing others, but they're being blessed by the serving. And, and so... Yes, we, we all need to find a place to serve. And if you need a place, talk to Randy, talk to me, talk to Joy. Uh, we, we will find you a place to serve. And, and this is how he closes. When each part is working properly all of the preceding makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And, and that is how we get there. That's, that's how we get to the bride who has made herself ready. In Revelation 19. And yes, as we travel on this journey together, as the people of God in community together, we will see more of the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating. We, we will see more anointing flowing. We, we will see all these other benefits that happen as we walk more and more in obedience to God together. And, and we will be making progress on this journey together. So turn to somebody and, and tell them you love them. Will you? Thank <laughs> you.
I love you, Jerry. <laughs> we're, we're going somewhere together. The destination is assured. But let's enjoy the journey today. Not worry about tomorrow's journey. Let's enjoy today's journey together. Because we can't enjoy any other day's journey today than today's. If we're occupied by tomorrow's journey today, we're losing today. So let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are indeed taking us somewhere. You're taking us to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Thank you that we can rest in your, your sovereignty, your love, your wisdom, your power. You, you have us. And you, you are with us. Lord, give us more love for each other. Give us more grace for each other. Give us more love and more grace for our city. And we, we pray together, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in our city and in this body, in your church, in this city. In Jesus' name, amen.